0: upgrade your mind, and reclaim your life. Let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to Beyond the Body. I'm your host, Christina Slater. And today we are joined by Brittany Burgess. Hey guys, what's up? And today is going to be a super fun one, really popular topic lately. And that is glutes. So we're going to be... (laughs) Love it. We're going to be giving you guys some... Um, tips and discuss some frequent mistakes we see when ladies are trying to grow the booty because that's a super popular fitness goal for 2023 and really for the last couple of years, I would say. And oh, yeah. glutes can be, I guess you could say, a challenging muscle to grow. A lot of people feel almost like they're quote-unquote quad dominant, which essentially um, what that means is is you just... Have a hard time really feeling your glutes in certain leg exercises. And of course, just consistency and practice is going to make a really big difference. But there's actually some optimal steps we can take so that you can feel your glutes better and so you can grow your glutes better.
1: Are you on that topic? Are you quad or more booty dominant?
0: Like, I know it sounds funny, but like, I would say I'm neither. So, yeah, just yeah, like <laughs> when man. I first actually started taking my leg training seriously, it mm-hmm. sounds crazy, but, like, I couldn't even feel any muscles in my legs,
1: like lower body just gone,
0: yeah, like <laughs> I would like don't get me wrong. I would like feel the burn and like I would get tired, but it wasn't like yeah. like I used to have no quads. Like you can see photos on my Instagram from way back in the day, like there was no muscle on my legs. And like I remember the first time I flexed my quad and felt it. And I was like, oh my God, there's supposed to be a muscle there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy.
0: And like even same with my same with my glutes. Like I remember the first time I mastered like that booty pose and I was like, oh, my butt just popped. What?
1: (laughs) 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 It's honestly so great. Like it's crazy
0: when you actually start working
1: on a muscle and then actually being able to feel that muscle work and then watching it grow is freaking crazy. I have a hell of a hard time with my quads. I am like all booty dominant for sure. Like even like, it's so stupid, but leg extensions should be just a hundred percent quad for some reason, like in the <laughs> beginning, but like my butt would just freaking take over. Like how does that even happen? So I am like completely opposite, but no, it's definitely it's challenging, especially if you aren't, you know, whatever muscle you're you're working on building, if you're not dominant in that area or anything like that. It does. It takes it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of patience and of course the right knowledge to do it as well. Mm-hmm.
0: And one of the other really popular things with glute exercises is women or men even like feel it in their lower back instead of mm-hmm. in their glute. So it's almost like you either feel it in your quads <laughs> or you feel it in your lower back.
1: I used to feel just an experience like in in when I was a beginner and I just feel like this is really, really popular, especially if you're just starting out like RDLs and like anything to do with my hamstrings, anything with like the, the hip hinge and anything like that. I was feeling it in my back and I was like, what the heck is going on? Like it's, it's, it's really frustrating because you know what you're supposed to be doing. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, Funny too, because I feel like your booty dominance potentially comes from like hockey too, though. Cause most hockey oh, yeah. players have like a yeah. really nice ass. And yeah. I think like you and I are different there because I feel like you, I don't want to say genetically, but like you more naturally have like a built lower body. And like I'm more like upper body. Like I like my lower body does not grow easily. <laughs>
1: And I'm like completely opposite. And I do. I definitely have a hockey to thank for that, for sure. And like, I just, I, you know, I played it for so long, and then, you know, it just, it's, it stuck with me. But definitely, hockey's freaking killer. <laughs> like men that play hockey with their booty butts. Like it just, I don't know, man.
0: I know it's so lovely.
1: <laughs> like so guys, I play like the guys in the NHL. I feel like have nicer butts than like most women that I see. I'm like, how? <laughs>
0: it's so true. It's so true. I know. So, let's get into some of the the topics, I guess. One of like the really popular things, like I honestly don't even know where this came from. Like it, everyone says it. Personal trainers say it, who should know better? Random people say it, and it's like want to grow your booty? Do more squats. squats. And it's, oh, it's just so yeah. not true. And of course squats use your glutes, like of course they do, but like squats are not a glute focused exercise. Of course, we can modify a squat to hit more glute, but mm-hmm. the reality is that most people, especially the average like gym goer, most people do not do squats correctly. Um, yeah. like very rarely have I ever seen anyone or had a client at the beginning, like I when I assess their squat, they actually are doing it like not even close to how it should be done for their body structure. So yeah instead of focusing on doing more squats to grow your glutes, focus first on just like being able to do a squat properly. Just a basic squat. Even just a bodyweight squat. I know that sounds like almost too beginner, but trust me, it's not. Bodyweight squats are hard as fuck when you do them right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like that would be like very first step before you worry about like (laughs) adjusting the squat to hit more glutes. Just like master the basic squat movement.
1: Even too like If you want to, like, I I feel for myself, like, of course, like the body weight squats for sure. But I feel like when I was learning form and how to do squats properly, it was nice to have like a little bit of weight. So sometimes I would even use like literally just the Smith machine with no weight on it. Or I would just use a barbell, just the barbell weight. Mm -hmm just, you know, you kind of get that feel a little bit. And I found like I was, I could feel my glutes working a little bit more when I had a little bit of weight on. Mm -hmm. And I find too, one of the biggest things that I see, especially with squats is people like leaning on
0: their toes. Yep. Heels coming up.
1: Heels coming up, leaning on their toes. That is not (laughs) going to grow your glutes. Let me tell you.
0: And knees caving in, body falling. Knees not traveling in line with your toes, no matter how wide or narrow your stance is.
1: (laughs) Yep. No, it's your feet placement is it's it's friggin' it's key because even if you're doing anything really, like anything lower body, uh, whether it be barbell, body weight, you know, Smith machine, dumbbells, whatever the hell, um, leg press, whatever. If you're like a hip thrust, for example, like if you're not pushing through your heels and like having that, picturing pushing that ground away from you with your, you know, your full fit foot and really putting that pressure on your heel, you are not going to feel that in your glutes at all. Like I just find people like do the little tippy toe thing and like just push up with their tippy toes. I'm like, that is not going
0: to do it. Yeah, or I've also seen the opposite where they're just driving with their heels and their toes are like completely up in the air because I think yes. there is like that a lot of cues like I've heard from trainers for is like dig your heels in, which like the yes. concept can be right, but like you want your whole foot like planted oh, wow. down. And yeah. when it comes to group growth, group, <laughs> glute growth, <laughs> and leg day oh. in general, Brittany and I have talked about this a lot. Like you want to have a flat sole on your shoe or no shoes. Cause if you are wearing like an inclined sneaker that has like a heel elevation or some type of elevation in it, it's going to be changing like how your foot is structured
1: especially those crazy running shoes, like the Asics and New Balance and stuff that have like crazy divots and shit. And like the, just the whole foot placement is you're going to be rocking back and forth. Like you're going to be hitting, like you're going to be all over the place, right? And which also too is not great in the sense of like injuries as well.
0: The one of the number one concepts that you need for hypertrophy, for muscle growth is stability. Mm -hmm. And like you can't be stable if your foot is like moving around. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. Wow. The next thing that is really, really a big common misconception in general, but specifically around growing the glutes. And like I literally see this all the time. People just saying, Lift heavier. Oh, if you're not seeing your glutes, why do you keep buying the glutes? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't see your glutes grow, um, you need to lift heavier. And I would yeah. say that very rarely is that the full truth. Because if you're lifting a certain amount of weight and you can't actually feel your glutes engaging and contracting and working, Mm -hmm. it's highly likely you're lifting too heavy and you should lower that weight or even resort down to like just body weight or like a banded variation. Bands are really, really good for glute activation and kind of figuring out how you should feel your glutes. You don't have to band everything, but if you are someone who struggles to feel your glutes, using a band in certain exercises can be really helpful.
1: Yeah, it definitely helps. Um, With me, I find like, and I feel like this is with any muscle group for sure, where people are just, you know, oh, lift heavier, lift heavier, lift heavier. And like, obviously that's not it. And like when you're first learning, or especially even if you're not a beginner and you, you don't really still have that mind muscle connection kind of vibe going on, that's how you're mind-muscle connection is so important. And like, that's how we're going to, you know, grow these muscles and using heavy weights. I know for me personally, I find that I struggle with mind-muscle connection when I'm using heavy weights, like for RDLs, for example, if I'm like doing progressive overload with my weights and I'm like, okay, today I'm going to go up a little bit weight. And I notice, and if I cannot feel that connection right away, I lower the weight, like instantly. Like I find RDLs with like, For example, like 15-pound dumbbells are way more effective than using like freaking 40-pound dumbbells.
0: Totally, totally agree. And like when we say that, that doesn't mean to not challenge yourself with weight or to not try to increase your strength over time. Like absolutely not. But like training for strength and training for heavy lifting is totally, totally different than training for actual muscle growth. Especially if you are someone who's newer or someone who actually struggles to feel your glutes working and you're trying to push all this heavy weight. Like if you can't actually contract your muscle, it's going to be very challenging to grow that muscle because all of those other muscles are going to take over, especially if you're already someone who feels like you're quote unquote quad dominant.
1: Yeah. And you risk again, like injuries as well. Like if you're lifting too totally. heavy and like you're not doing it the the proper way and you're not feeling that mind muscle connection, like example, like when I was using the RDL for an example, I'm going to instantly feel that right in my back. Like if I'm lifting way too heavy and I cannot feel that my muscle connection, that's going right in my back. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And it's going to make it that much more challenging to end up doing it the right way because you're just going to have pain. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Another thing that can definitely help specifically with glutes and with every muscle, but glutes really important is proper activation. So for me, like I have, I would say of all the muscles, like... Glutes have probably been one of the ones I've struggled with the most to grow honestly mm-hmm. and doing a proper activation before like a glute focused training session for me makes a really big difference on how I'm able to actually feel and engage them during my training um so like mm-hmm. again Brittany you can share yours cuz I think you have some good tips on that too but like even just some banded work if you're going to do like some lateral squat walks some like lying banded hip abductions Like those types of movements to just like get your glutes kind of like fired up and feeling that muscle before you go into your training.
1: Yeah, and sometimes you don't even like obviously the resistance band is is key for that, but sometimes you don't even need to use a resistance band for that. Like just doing standard exercises like our glute bridges, our hip extensions, you know, our body weight squats, you know, can really activate those glutes and get them freaking pumped up and ready for that leg day. And then once you add, you know, I find if you have a little more stubborn glutes and you add those resistance resistant bands to it. They don't have to be anything heavy. They can be, you know, light bands, but it gets those muscles warmed up. So they're ready to kick some ass.
0: Yes. One that I also do a lot now that you mentioned it, if I don't have bands or I don't want to do bands mm-hmm. is lunges. So yes. um, like either walking lunges with a double pump or mm-hmm. even like reverse lunges. And I'll just like double pump at the bottom. Does that make sense? Like a little extra yeah. bounce in there just to like really emphasize the glutes.
1: Yeah, my last program I was doing actually I had on my my booty days, my first thing that I was doing was walking lunges and it was it was a killer because I never that was the first time I've ever done them before beginning of a leg day and like I was ready to go. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was I was pumped and like by the end of my leg day, like my booty day, like my glutes were popping.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this goes for any muscle group where like you might feel like it's lagging or a muscle group that you want to improve or bring up. But mm-hmm. with myself and with my clients, something that helps a lot is doing like one and a half rep sets. So like instead of just doing the normal reps, do like yes. one and a half because then that yes. really, really targets that muscle. Sometimes if we're not really sure on exercise, we can like almost rush through it or we can accidentally use momentum to get us through that exercise. But if you add a half rep in there, it kind of takes that option away and it really isolates the muscle you're trying to focus on.
1: I do that with my hip thrusts or like glute bridges or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. (laughs) It feels fantastic. It burns, but those half reps will get you.
0: Yeah, they're my favorite. I I put half reps in a lot and a lot of my clients, yeah, they don't like it, but like most of them have (laughs) those in their training.
1: (laughs) It works though. It's the stuff that works.
0: Yeah. And like, on that note, too, like I know it's popular because glutes are such a big trend right now to just like pick glute workouts from Instagram from a girl who has a nice booty. Um, and like that's fine to do on occasion. but glutes are just like every other muscle. Like you have to lengthen and shorten them properly. You have to take them through a full range of motion for your body. You have to make sure you're Putting like mechanical tension on there, and like creating that metabolic damage, so that the muscle will tear, and so that muscle will grow over time. So it's not like there's a magic formula to like specifically grow your glutes. Yeah. It's just like growing your biceps. Like if you want to do a proper bicep curl, you have to be stabilized. You have to have your arms locked in place. You have to have a full contraction. You have to have a, like a good range of motion. And then we can add little variations in there to optimize things, like a a hammer curl versus a bicep curl versus a incline bicep curl versus a supinating bicep curl right and the same things with yeah. your glutes but i think a lot of ladies just get overwhelmed and they try to like find these magic exercises that are going to grow their glutes astronomically but mm-hmm. it's really just like building any other body part
1: and it's so important too and like on that note is to be in a A program that you're working on that muscle for like four to six weeks. And like that's the thing with you know Instagram and like picking like little workouts to do or TikTok, and you're like, oh, like I saw this cool shit that I'm gonna do for my my glutes, but you're doing it like like once and then like the next week you do completely different movements on your glutes, and then the next week you're all over the friggin' place. Unfortunately, that's not going to grow your glutes. Getting into a program that is like you know built for you, and it's you know four to six weeks, and you're working on weight progression. That's what we're going to. That's how you're going to see progression over time with your muscles.
0: Yes, and that that's like a super important point that you brought up. Like, I wouldn't say you have to do the same exact. Like, I know some people, even our clients, like they like to do little switch ups every once in a while, and like that's yeah. totally cool. But again, like if you're jumping around the place completely with your exercises, it's going to be really hard to yeah. like progressively overload and yeah. progress, right? Just like with anything, if you're sleep, like one night you're sleeping 10 hours and you're sleeping one and then you're sleeping three and then eight. Like if you're all over the map, it's so hard to like make progress or even figure out like what you sh- how you should be doing things.
1: I know even when I'm not like if I'm not, writing down or making note and tracking like the weights that I'm using and I'm just kind of like winging it, it throws me right off. Cause then I go in like the next week and I'm like, what was I like, what was I using? Like, what was I even doing?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like for our clients, there's certain, it depends on like the body structure of the individual and and ultimately what they're looking (laughs) for. But when we're talking about glutes specifically there are certain exercises that like i like to program in to the first couple training phases phases of their plan versus like the last couple training phases right so for example if someone doesn't even like have an idea of how to feel their glutes like to me doing a glute kickback like might not be the best option and we want to like optimize some bigger movements like your lunges and your hip thrusts before we like try to tweak how the side glute looks right so like being able to build on things over time in like a proper fashion that works for the structure of your body because everyone's bodies are a little bit different and and there are clients who I have started who I do put like kickbacks in the first couple weeks of their training but like Mm -hmm. figuring out what is optimal for your body type and then progressively periodizing that over several months is the way to see optimal progress
1: Always, and I am speaking an experience being myself in programs, and you know programs that are built for me and my goals. Like I, that's where you're going to see your progress, and that's where you're going to hit
0: your goals. Yep. Another thing too. So we've talked about this before, like in the um the mind muscle workshop that we did. We mm-hmm. talked a lot about lengthening and shortening muscles, and like how certain exercises are going to like target a muscle more in the lengthened range versus shortened, etc. So for your glutes like typically they will fatigue the quickest in the shortened range so something like a hip thrust challenges the most when they're shortened cuz like when you're in that thrust position your glutes are contracted and they're fully shortened right so typically you would want to include those more so towards the beginning of your workout i wouldn't say always across the board because there's so many variables but like usually you'd get better bang for your buck doing like hip thrusts closer to the beginning And then something that's going to challenge them more in the length and range, like a lunge, for example, a little bit after that. Now, that's not black and white for everyone, but that's just like a tip if you like literally have nowhere to no idea where to start.
1: I usually do um, hip thrusts in the beginning of my leg days, usually like nine out of 10 times. Same with depending again, it totally depends, but same with like doing a leg press and stuff like that. That's usually at the beginning of my like day workouts for that exact reason.
0: Another thing, Brittany, that you brought up recently was the importance of like training your hamstrings too, because yeah. glutes and hamstrings really go together. And if your hamstrings are shit, your glutes aren't going to look optimal.
1: Yeah. No, like and it's so funny because I used to hate working my hamstrings. Like it was my least favorite muscle group to work. Really? Um, I, oh, yeah. And this I was love like hamstring because I didn't, I wasn't 100% educated and I didn't have the knowledge. I was like, you know doing hamstring work isn't going to grow my glutes like i you know i want i want a booty like i need to do glute work it's not until i you know i learned and you know got the knowledge around it and hit that you know finding that mind muscle connection with our hamstrings is unbelievable like i freaking love the feeling like hamstrings right now are like one of my favorite things to train
0: (laughs) i love that yeah i've it's funny because you asked me at the beginning, like, am I more quad or glute dominant? And like, if anything, I would say I'm more hamstring, which I don't even think that's a thing. Is that a thing?
1: <laughs> oh but God.
0: like, I've always been able to feel my hamstrings really well.
1: Oh my God. Hamstrings, like any RDL variation, I'm down. Like, I love it. Like the B stance RDLs are holy. Like, I love them. <laughs> yeah, I could do them all day.
0: Yeah, those are those are challenging. Like, you actually got me on those. I didn't do them much before. Like, oh, me and you God. started being friends and talking all the time. <laughs> and yeah, I love those. <laughs> they are they to me hit different than just like a conventional RDL. Like they're better oh, in my God, opinion. It.
1: It's so great. Especially like I'll do a superset where I do I'll do step ups and then I go right into the B stance RDLs and like my booty at the end of that friggin' workout is just popping.
0: <laughs> yeah. On that note with hamstrings too, and this is the same thing with glutes. So I want to make sure we explain this clearly because I know we just said like don't jump around doing a billion different exercises, but it's also really important that you're hitting muscles from different positions and different angles. So for example, to like fully develop your hamstrings over time, you're going to want to make sure you're doing like an RDL variation. You're going to want to make sure you're doing like a lying hamstring curl variation and a seated hamstring curl as well, because like there's your muscles are made up of multiple different muscles. There's not just your hamstrings, right? There's three actual hamstring muscles in your glutes. There's kind of like four main ones. So we want to make sure we're hitting the muscles from different angles. That's not to say that you have to do all of those exercises in a single workout, but you want to make sure that like, yeah. let's just say you just don't ever do lying hamstring curls because you just prefer yeah. seated, you know, same thing with your glutes. Like we want to be hitting the glutes from different angles and different positions as well.
1: It's always good to have... Like, I don't know about you, but it's good to have like, especially if you're wanting wanting to grow your glutes, to have more than one glute day in your your week. Like, sorry, more than one leg day in your week. Like, depends on how many times you're working out a week for sure. But I aim for like two to three. And then I hit different areas of my glutes, of my hamstrings during those workouts.
0: Same, same. Just make sure that you're not going overkill. <laughs> like, if you're training five times a week and glutes are like a high priority for you, I definitely wouldn't train them more than three. Like, no. definitely not. Yeah, um, I wouldn't go three. yeah. Even like two, I think would be like a really good amount to start with. Like, training mm-hmm. your glutes twice a week.
1: Yeah. Cause, like, yeah. if you're not optimizing your rest time as well, and like that's super important, then you're, it, they're not going to grow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause that is, when muscles grow. It's not actually when you're You're in the gym working out. It's like (laughs) during the recovery phase. And like as long as you are consistent with your training and with your recovery and recovery during your sets too. So Brittany and I were chatting about this earlier and like making sure that you're resting enough between your sets, but also making sure that you're not resting too much. And I mean, that's going to depend on who you are and what set you're doing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like I feel like, and again, like, and it's how much you're, you're lifting for sure. But like, if you, like, typically like you shouldn't be resting longer than a minute during like glute specific exercises, like 30 seconds to a minute again, like it's uh, that's, it varies and it depends on how much you're freaking lifting. But in the context of what we're talking about, like I would say 30 seconds to a minute.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Like for example, let's say you're doing a kneeling single leg hamstring curl. For those, yeah. like I'll typically program in about a thirty second rest period for my clients because you're doing like one leg at a time. You literally are basically yeah. resting the other leg while you're working the other leg. You literally only need thirty seconds to like adjust your position. Adjust, yeah. Whereas, let's say you're doing like a massive set where it's like I don't know, hip thrust super setted with something super setted with something. Then that would be more yeah. like a ninety second rest period generally. Yeah, for sure. And like Brittany said, on average, like a minute is probably pretty close to the the good standard to for resting. Yeah. Another probably the most important thing is to make sure that your nutrition is on point and that you are eating enough. Because no matter how good your training is, if your nutrition isn't in alignment, alignment with what your goals are, you're mm-hmm. not going to see that progress.
1: And you probably see it all the time too, because it's like always like a joke. And I see it on TikTok all the time. But like, you're like fighting between that, like wanting to be shredded and like wanting to have abs, but then like also wanting to have a friggin', you know, like a huge dump truck and a huge booty. Well, the two of those you have to do like, completely different things for. So if you want to grow those muscles and you want to grow those glutes, you got to friggin' eat. And I feel like this is the fun part. <laughs> like, I love that.
0: It is. I agree. And that's not to say that you like, if you want to grow your glutes, that you have to like gain a bunch of weight and eat, like, all day long, it's not like that., <laughs> yeah. But if no. you're trying to diet and be in like a deep deficit and grow your glutes at the same time, it's gonna be really, really hard for you. so it it depends on, like what feels in alignment for you. And like if you're working with a coach, like discuss that with them. But like, there's a few different approaches you could take. You could take the more gradual sustainable direction where you're almost eating in and around your maintenance calories like moderately high protein and almost you could say trying to do them at the same time, which which can work as long as it's programmed properly. Or you can go through phases, which is typically what we'll do with our clients where we'll do like anywhere anywhere really from like 8 weeks to like 16 weeks of like a growth period or a cutting period depending on what they're really wanting to achieve and then go into the next phase, whether that's more maintenance or a reverse diet or like an aggressive cut, because you can achieve more when you're kind of focusing in on one thing versus the other.
1: Yeah, I know that works best for me. And that's what I kind of do. It totally obviously depends on your goals and what you want. But I find when I do it in phases, if I'm you know doing a little bit of a cut and then I kind of hang out at maintenance for a bit. And then I kind of go into a, you know, like they call it like the bulk or like a lean bulk. And like I usually do that, you know, in the wintertime and then come, you know, springtime. And then that's when you do the cut again. And like that's it, it's just, it's, it takes patience and it takes time. You're not going to grow a gluty, a, a gluty. <laughs> what is going on today? Both of us today. <laughs> <What is> our <laughs> words. I wanted to say gluten booty and it came out gluty.
0: <laughs> and I've been saying <laughs> roots. We should label this podcast how to grow the. What did you call it, Bloody group. and Roots? Okay. <laughs> oh my god! To I'm be fair, about. you guys, me and Brittany's brains are oh. fried because we've been working. We have our truck program like launching this week, and <laughs> we've been hauling oh. ass, getting everything ready.
1: This just is an example, <laughs> but yeah, I don't even know what I was saying. I, but oh, that's so funny, Bluty. I think I'm going to call it from that on, Bloody. We're killing it!
0: <laughs> yeah, and like. Again, it depends on what you're looking to achieve typically with our clients just kind of like the the clientele that we typically work with are women who like struggle with body image, right? So I am generally against like going into an aggressive bulk with most of our clients because yes, you can like pack on a good amount of muscle if you're training properly and eating properly, but you will likely put on a bit of fat with that as well. and if you don't have like a bulletproof mindset, we can really yeah. start like second guessing things if our weight does start to go up, right? So, I always find that like a lean bulk or a like prolonged bulk, so you have time for your body to really like just to like take your time through it works better for people mentally because they don't have to deal with the like, oh my God, I'm putting on weight and this and that. And then like more going into a gradual cut because usually as soon as you take someone low calorie and like cut things back, like that's when you want to eat everything because like you feel like you can't, right? So, just taking like a more sustainable approach for me i find like works works the best with our clients and even with myself
1: yeah that works the best for me as well i have a hard time going into that and you you see it all the time with people on social media doing it but going i have a hard time going into like an aggressive bulk because of that reason cuz like you work so hard to get like you know pretty lean and you lost some weight, lost some fat, and you go into this bulk, and it's like it, it's a huge mind fuck when like you're putting on weight, but it is the point of it. But it's like it's like oh my god, what am I doing? So doing that lean bulk works much better for myself for sure.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Then there are the clients too, though, who have like a really fast metabolism and like mm-hmm. um, those people that I envy. <laughs> yeah, like who um, and are they you? can they can tolerate <laughs> like, that yeah. really really well. Like we have a couple of clients who are like women and they can eat like. 3,000 oh. plus calories and like hardly put on any weight.
1: Like imagine, imagine that, eh? <laughs> oh
0: my God. Yep. Not me. <laughs> um, Okay, let's um finish off by, I guess, just talking about some of our favorite glute exercises.
1: Okay, this is, I usually finish this off on my glute days or hammy days, but the doing a back extension, but playing with foot placement. So instead of just having my feet completely straight, I put them out on an ankle a little bit and then holding like a plate or a dumbbell or anything like that. I'll do like, I don't know, like 15 reps of that. And then I drop the weight and then I'll go till like as many reps as possible, which is my body weight.
0: I like it. Those are actually challenging. I do the exact same thing with my feet. And also you want to make sure when you're turning like your feet out a little bit, like your toes out, that you're also opening your hips. So like it sounds yes. funny, but like if you're doing that back extension machine, you want to almost like drive your crotch hard like into the front of those pads. Because if your yeah. hips are like internally rotated and like your toes and your knees are externally rotated, it's not going to be ideal. And yeah, like Brittany said too, if you're like new to it or you don't feel your glutes very well, even just start that body weight and get like a really hard contraction of your glutes at the top so that you don't start to feel that in your back.
1: And if you're doing those two like glute specific, make sure that your back is rounded at the top and you're not coming up all the way because then that's going to obviously
0: not hit our hamstrings and our glutes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to like do that overextending back arch thing. I've seen that before. Um, And like just to clarify, because I know some people just like don't have exercise knowledge. Um, this is like one of the only exercises where you would want to round your back. I would say like ninety nine percent of other exercises, you never wow. ever want to round your back.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that is like the only one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think there. I think so. <laughs> um, my, I would say the two exercises that grew my glutes the most were lunges and Bulgarian split squats. Oh yeah, Bulgarians. Like if you don't do lunges. You're sleeping hard on your glute gains. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I I have resistance to them. I don't like them. Well, okay, do you like having a small flat ass? Because probably not, or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So do your fucking lunges. Everyone can do a variation of a lunge. It might not be like a full range of motion walking lunge, but you can start against the wall and like practice building up your strength. Like make sure your knees are traveling in line with your toes. Make sure your body's in the correct position. Work on your balance because it they're like king for glute growth and yeah. same with bulgarians but i would start with a lunge and then progress to a bulgarian
1: bulgarians are gnarly <laughs> yep. i have a love hate relationship with those freaking things but they are they suck but they work they're killer
0: they are probably the best overall lower body exercise ever
1: even if doing them just doing them body weight like yes. is is challenging like you don't have to be doing you know, crazy weight with them. Like just doing your body weight is, it's, it's killer.
0: Double bounce, Belgarian split squats. If you want to die, try that.
1: Oh my God. I haven't done that in a while. I used to do, I would do drop sets with them too. Like I would use like 20 pounds and then do like eight to 10 reps and then I would drop to like 10 pounds and then do eight to 10 reps and then drop to body weight and do eight to 10 reps. Like I was dying, (laughs) like tunnel vision by the end of that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's brutal. You might want to talk about this one too, because I know you love this exercise, but step-ups.
1: I love them. (laughs) I love them so much. They are especially supersetting them with something, but just doing step-ups and just like moving nice and slow and with intention. Making sure that, like, the leg that you're stepping up with is doing like 90 to 95% of the work, and like that back leg is you know, you're not pushing yourself up with it to use as momentum. You want that working leg to be doing a majority of the work, and then again, like we were talking about, making sure that you're really pushing through like your heel and having your foot all the way, whatever it's a bench, box, whatever the hell you're doing, step up, whatever. But pu- like pushing, like literally visualizing, you're pushing that thing that you're standing up on absolutely away from you, like into the ground is a killer.
0: Yeah. I always think about like push the floor down. That's what I like say to my clients or myself. Push the floor down with your whole foot. Yeah. And for step ups, keep your hips square. We yes. don't want your hips like like throwing your hips out of place because I know that can be like a tendency when you're stepping up on something, almost like use momentum and swing your hip up. Um, We want to yeah. keep our hips like square, almost like if you're in front of a mirror, just like keep your hips squared to the front of the room. And yeah, like Brittany said too, just keep them light and you don't have to do like a massive step up. Like just start with like a small little step if you can't do like a big step, if you have like not the best balance and then just work on progressing over time.
1: Yeah. And then um, obviously I talked about my love for B-stance RDLs, but doing that like B-stance on the leg press, I don't know if you've done that before, but it's killer. I have and I agree. I love it so much. B-stance anything, like I love it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you actually got me onto those like so much. And I like them way more now than I used to. I just didn't do them very much for some reason before. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we have to finish off by talking about hip thrusts and glute bridges.
1: Hip thrusts, we love those. And I like doing those calves, the KAS, the glute bridges. I like doing those too. I actually just started doing those recently, actually, which is like not like a full rep. You're only coming up about halfway. But if you superset that with an actual like hip thrust, killer.
0: Yes. I don't know if you do it this way, but like I would typically do the full hip <laughs> thrusts first and then I would drop set it and then do the CAS glute bridge variation.
1: Yeah. Either or like a killer. Yeah. It's like there's a really
0: right it. or wrong way to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then even just like, Doing your hip thrusts and glute bridges from like different angles, too. Like, you could have more or less of your back on the bench. You could do like an inclined version almost where like you actually have your feet on a bench and your body's on the floor. Of course, you'd want to do those like a bit lighter. You could do like the glute bridge right from the floor, like banded variations. There's a lot of different ways that we can use those exercises to just like fully build and hit the glutes.
1: Have you ever done the glute bridge with like a barbell on the floor, like completely lying flat? I have. I have never done that.
0: It's I don't prefer it just because I the range of motion is like much yeah, limited I and I just find yeah. it annoying to set up.
1: <laughs> I mean, like I always see it. I'm like, hmm, like maybe I'll try it, but I don't know. I don't think it's for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like to keep it like like easy to set up and easy to execute. Same. <laughs> Same. So I think that is pretty much everything um when it comes to what you need to know to really Grow your glutes. Hopefully, you guys got some value from this one. These are honestly like the things that helped me the most. And like, I used to have no ass, like none. And it took me like five (laughs) years to build it to what it is now, at least. (laughs) So be patient. Make sure you work on initiating with your glutes, activating your glutes, really feeling your glutes, lightening the weight if you need to, hitting them from different angles. Don't just focus on your squats and eat in alignment with what it is you're actually looking to achieve.
1: Yes. Make sure you're eat, Focus on eating those healthy carbs around your workout for and after eating plenty of protein. Do not skimp out on your protein, especially post workout,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Alright. Thanks, guys. If you got value, go ahead, screenshot it. Share it to your Instagram story. Tag us at Nafina at B Burgess. And we will see you guys next time. See ya.